Eagles Entertainment. With the 15th pick in the NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select... You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by Life Brand. I'm your host, Fran Duffy, and we are here in Indianapolis at the Indianapolis Convention Center for the 2023 National Scouting Combine. And uh, it's going to be a crazy week here on the Journey to the Draft podcast. Daily shows to get you prepped for everything that we are seeing here, boots on the ground in Indy for the biggest event on the NFL Draft calendar until we get to the NFL Draft here in just a couple of months. Now, uh, we're going to start today's show with Mr. Relevant, where we are welcoming in one one of my favorite people in the space, and that is NFL Network analyst Charles Davis, CD. You can check him out, uh, obviously the voice of Madden Football. You can check him during the season over on CBS Sports. He called a number of games for the Eagles this year. We're going to talk a little bit about that and some of his uh, favorite topics and some of his favorite players coming in to this event. So we're going to get into that with Charles Davis at the top of the show after that. Ella Giovanni and I are going to go through some of our biggest takeaways from the media availabilities here in Draft Buzz. So we had pl- uh, coach and GM availabilities on Tuesday and Wednesday. The Eagles, uh, D- Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni spoke on Tuesday. We'll cover some of our big takeaways from that and get into some of the players that spoke on Wednesday morning. We're going to cover that there in Draft Buzz. And then to wrap up the show, we've got some questions from you at home in our draft mailbag, including a mock draft. So b- before we get started, I want to quickly remind you, If you've got a mock draft, if you've got a player rankings question, if you've got a player you want to know more about, or just a draft-related question, head on over to our Apple Podcast page. Leave us the the question there in the comment box. We will get to it here in an upcoming episode in our draft mailbag segment. We're going to be doing this every single day for the next four, four days here from Indianapolis. So if you want your question answered, go stop what you're doing right now. Go leave us a question in the Apple Podcast section there uh, on the Journey of the Draft podcast, and we will get to it here in an upcoming episode. That said, it's time now for Mr. Relevant with Charles Davis. It's time for Mr. Relevant. Pleased to welcome back here to the Journey of the Draft podcast, NFL Network Analyst, Charles Davis. Charles, Fran, we're back. It's so good to see you, we're my back, man. man. We're Thanks back. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No, I'm, uh, I'm so Where's excited. Where's Chris? No Chris this year. See, Matt, I'm sure he, he will appreciate you asking for him. You tell, you tell him when I'm on the scene and he doesn't show up. <laughs> Hey, Greg, Greg Cosell. Hey, Greg we'll, Cosell, we'll, the we'll, man we'll, we'll himself. Be, we'll be talking with Greg this week as well. You, you need to talk to Greg yeah, Cosell. That's, <laughs> that is, that's the dude right there. Hey, hey, Greg, everybody killing you for those quarterback breakdowns, aren't they? Uh-huh. <laughs> I know the every, every single year. Well, let me ask you this, because, um, you know, you've done a couple – you did a few Eagles games this year, yeah. including a playoff game. Yeah, which was cool. Yeah, and so uh, I know throughout the course of the season, you were harping a lot on Jalen Hurts and his improvement, his huge step from 2021 to 2022. In so my I, mind. Yeah, well, I want to – this forward to like this week because we're gonna see a lot of players take the field this yeah. week all these guys have flaws all these guys have issues they got to correct yeah. right so um do you kind of take and see see that case of Jalen that you know while that can be an outlier in some cases and that mm-hmm. is an extreme version of it and say like yeah like it's possible for all these guys I think that's a great point Fran because if you take it that way we'll, so we use Jalen Hurts as that guy because he left Alabama because he supposed, supposedly he couldn't throw the ball well enough yep. and I think I heard this story. You probably heard the same story. I think he was locked in on going to Maryland. Right. And Nick Saban's like, dude, <laughs> throwing the ball. He wanted to find Mike Loxley. You know, Mike Loxley was going up there. Yeah. And, and Mike's great coach. Yep. That's not, but Lincoln Riley's got it, got it rolling right now and guided him to Oklahoma. Yep. And we saw where that went. He got better as a thrower. Yep. I'm going to take him, and I'm also going to put Josh Allen there. 
Because you right, remember, sure. when, remember when we evaluated Josh Allen, I don't know exactly what you said during that time. I will tell you what I said, what I believe I said, and I hope I'm not changing it because I hate revisionist history. <laughs> Love Josh Allen in so many different ways. But to that point, had not seen quarterbacks go from being a mid-50% thrower in college yep. to a sensational thrower in the NFL. You might move a few points. He moved 16, 17 points. Right. Now, I still believe he's an outlier. Yep. Because I don't know anyone else who's moved that big. But he's opened it up to where if you like a person, you think that that jump might be in there. Hello, Anthony Richardson at Florida. Yep, exactly That's right. what we're talking about. So he has opened the door for that. Jalen has shown that you can improve as a thrower and get better. He was a better thrower in terms of accuracy yeah. prior to, but we've seen that. I'll tell you where I thought he got best, where he, where he made the biggest move, move was, I think you remember they were playing the Chargers no, Kansas City. Kansas City. Two yep. years Two ago. Two years ago, 21, yep. And Kansas City was rushing him, and every time he moved left, yep. it was either an incompletion. <laughs> throw away or, or, or run the, for two yards. Because his percentage would drop dramatically. Yep. Boy, did he make that improvement. Yeah. In think my back mind. Super, think back to the Super Bowl, some of the throws he some made moving to his left. Some of the throws he made moving to his left. He put the time in. He put the effort in. That young man's a marvel. Well, and that's the, where you start getting into, like, the intangibles of this week, too, right? The, the, the FaceTime that we on the outside get. I know right. Ella and I are going to talk about that a little, little bit later in the show. Is like the FaceTime that we get, but more importantly, obviously, the FaceTime that teams get exactly. with all these guys. And the, it, what, what good is a ceiling and an upside if you're not going to put in the work to, to reach that? And so Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, two guys that have those intangibles that are going to put in the work and, and reach the work that ceiling. In. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Plus, you know how it is, the feel of a person. Yeah, right. right. You've been around people, Fran. Ella's been around people where you evaluate them from your time with them and what does that feel like to you where you get that and you know an old friend of mine was an F, it was an uh, FBI agent yep. you know what he told me he said I hate the term gut feeling mm. I said why he said because in our business if you have a gut feeling about a case if you let the gut feeling take over you shape the evidence to fit your gut feeling yep. instead of following the true evidence right yep so i don't have a gut feeling about someone i just want to feel who they are who i think they are and then see if it plays out yep. to what, what i believe to be true yeah and that's hard to do because once you like someone you will make it work for We're yourself. We're humans. Like, well, that's the thing. Is that, that's the human element comes into it. You How like it, them, you're going to make it work. Yeah. If you if you like Anthony Richardson from yep. the University of Florida, then you believe he's going to be Josh Allen and improvement as a thrower. How we many scouts have you talked do. to over the years where you're like, you know what, like, I, hey, I, I, I talked to so-and-so last night. You know, he's a good player. I didn't really love his handshake. You know what he did? He looked me in the eye when, he, when we were talking. I just didn't, it didn't really like click. It, it was almost almost like watching um, what was the what was the movie uh, with Brad Pitt and, and Jonah Hill, Moneyball. Oh, but yeah, sure. Remember when the old, when the older scouts were sitting around yep. talking and the guys like, eh, I don't I don't like him. He's got no confidence. What do you mean he's got no confidence? He's got an ugly <laughs> girlfriend. What? That means he's got no confidence, right? <laughs> you know, hey, I never go to a barber this bald yep. because he's got no respect for my hair. It's all those sorts <laughs> of things that you run into, and somehow they become those. Deep I'm not laughing at because I'm quite sure that some of those things hold up for whatever situation you have. I just have to try and be careful. But I always hear my FBI agent uh, mentor in my head, don't make it fit your feeling. Mm. Mm. Follow it to its conclusion. Let it play out and give you the answer. Don't you form the answer and then fit it around it. 
Uh, you're always one of the happiest people whenever you yeah. walk into a room. Yeah, Vita heck out, Vita heck out the other way. Well, you uh, you have a little bit extra pep in your step, and I think I, I think I know why. Why is that? There's all the vols here this year. Man, it is. It's so been a couple good. years. It's been a couple years. <laughs> is, you got a bunch it, of Tennessee it guys. It is so good. A couple first round picks potentially. I mean, it is so good. <laughs> I feel bad for Hendon Hooker with the knee. Yeah. Because sure. if he doesn't have the knee, I'd be arm wrestling people about him being QB three. Yep. I know people will now say if I have him ahead of Will Levis, that's a homer call, whatever. I think you know me well enough. I try and follow the way it is. Yep. I really think that this kid is a dynamic player. I know people want to ding him for being 25. I don't mind having a 25-year-old rookie quarterback versus a 20-year-old rookie quarterback. Yep. Going into a huddle with a bunch of grown men. That's just me. Quarterbacks are playing until they're 40 now, so I'm going to take a guy. If he's going to play 15 if years, he, if I he feel can like, play, if I'm he can be the guy. Him. Yep. But as you pointed out, no one's a lock. No one is this. Everyone has their strengths. Yep. There are a few flaws in there. Which flaws do you want to live with? It's going to be fun to watch how these teams decide who they think that guy is. Yep. And we'll know very quickly come draft time or right before the draft when a move is made. Because yep. I have a feeling there's going to be a move somewhere. Mm. Chicago, Ryan Poles, GM is going to have that phone wide open. Sure. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Is it worth it? Is it what I want? Am I getting what I want? What if Ryan Poles wants to trade Justin Fields and get the people? Yep. And keep the pick? Yep. Right now we could we could go somewhere else. But you know that they're having they have to have those discussions. If you don't have this conversation, you're irresponsible. Ryan Poles is not irresponsible. Ryan Poles is going to be a very good GM. They're going to go through every scenario, figure it out, go from there, like what Justin Fields did. Sure. But last year he looked a lot like a single wing tailback. Right. Right. Is that where we're going to go? Do you believe in him throwing the football enough? Because this league has moved to where you've got to be able to deliver. Otherwise, I just don't think you can play around your quarterback anymore. Yep. I think you have to play through your quarterback. Well, Hendon Hooker, uh, probably it seems like day two, but potentially feel, day feel, one still at this like point. feels like day two because yep. of the ACL. Of the knee, yeah. If it wasn't for the ACL, I think there would be a fight because he would rise as we get closer. Feels like day two, but someone's going to get a good player. Darnell Wright, offensive tackle, likely round one. Jalen Hyatt, he likely is, round he is one, risen. wide receiver. Jalen yep. Hyatt started the year as wide receiver three at Tennessee. Cedric Tillman was my wide receiver, my favorite senior receiver coming into the year. Big old strong yeah, kid. He's still going to be yeah, someone to reckon with. a good with, player. But just positions changed yeah. by play, by injury, by things. But it's nice to have some guys back on the scene. I feel very good for, for my Vols. I'm very happy for them. And it beats the heck out of Daniel jo- Daniel uh, Jeremiah and his Appalachian State guys. Although he has guys he's here. He's got a couple he's guys here, dudes. too. Yeah, there's some guys Hampton, here. He's got uh, Cameron, Cameron Peoples, Peoples. the tailback. Yep, no, there's, yep. Some, uh, there's some guys here there's from some App some guys State here, once again. And they, they have a really nice program yep. there. Let me ask one last question. What do you want to see this week? What are you most excited to see uh, here this week in Indy? You know, it's funny. It's, 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 it's one guy. Drew Sanders. Oh, I like it. I'm crazy Linebacker about, Arkansas. Yeah, I'm crazy about Drew Sanders because of what he what he offers. My early comp on him is Dante Hightower. Okay. Yeah. Not as big. Dante, I mean, yeah, you remember Bont- when Dante walked into a room yeah. of Alpha? Big boy. Yeah. Woo, right? It was 2012 draft? Yeah. Alabama. I know. Yep. We're dating ourselves. Right. <laughs> but do you remember, obviously you remember the Super Bowl against Atlanta. Yep. We all remember the Brady comeback and whole deal. What precipitated it? What started it? Mm. Dante Hightower going to the edge. Yep. Blitz, taking down Ryan, ball comes free. They get the ball, steal possession, yep. score, start the comeback. Drew Sanders does that he for like eight, you. He had like eight sacks this year, I think. Yes, yeah. he does that for you. You see him get to the edge and beat people up. But what I liked was I thought he developed as an off-the-ball linebacker. Mm. He was a guy I thought that could, uh, to use an old term, he could play the piano. Ooh, I mean, he can go right. laterally up and down yep. and make those plays in the hole. Yep. I really liked him, so I'm eager to watch him move around athletically. 
He told me today he's got a little bit of a hammy. Okay. So he's not going to run the 40, but he planned to do the drill work. Okay. Let's see if the hammy holds up in the drill work. Because it's pro day's the end of March. I, I, honestly, like, that's the, what I'm looking for a linebacker anyway. Like, the 40-yard dash. Area, area yeah, yeah, the short area stuff and the, the position work. I want to see how he You how got one in, in Philadelphia that I think I might be able to beat. TJ. Yeah, I yep. think I might be able to get – he might nose <laughs> he might nose me out at the tape. <laughs> But I'm not going to make 180 tackles right, yeah. because no, he no knows doubt. where to be. He's got savvy. He puts himself in the right position. He's got that first area of quickness, the diagnosing gone. He, he beats blockers to, to the point, and he makes plays. He's a tremendous football player. Doesn't get but he ran the four, But he short. ran 4-8, so he went on draft. And he was dead. That's it. He was absolutely dead. Yep. But he plays 4-4. Four, four. Yep. Well, Charles, uh, Drew Sanders, one of many players we'll be watching here yeah, uh, when the, the live coverage starts March 2nd uh, as the linebackers, the defensive line, take the field on NFL Network. You will be live uh, throughout the course of the next few days. Thanks Can't so much wait. for joining us here on the Journey of the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Ella. Appreciate it. Now it's time for Draft Buzz. Let's now uh, welcome in Gabriella Giovanna, Ella. It's your first time in the Combine. It is. You've been here just over 24 hours. What are your thoughts? This is so cool. Genuinely so cool. Now, I am a football nerd, so I was going to love this no matter what. I've watched it on TV every year. But being here in person and seeing everything set up and all the teams set up is just just a neat experience. It really is very special here in Indianapolis. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool experience. There's a lot going on. The, the, the week kind of evolves and changes, yes. as you and I have talked about. We've got uh, player availability that just started today. We're going to get into that a little bit. But over these first couple of days, we've had a lot of head coaches and general managers speaking on Tuesday afternoon. Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni both spoke to the media. So uh, you can check out a lot of the, the takeaways from that with Dave Spadaro over on the Eagles Insider podcast. But you and I, let's uh, Let's chop it up a little bit here. Your three big takeaways from Nick and from Howie uh, on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, we've only been here for over 24 hours, and I felt like the second we landed, things just got fast. nuts. Yes. So we had Nick and we had Howie yesterday, and as they were making their way to the podium, all kinds of news broke from the team as well, uh, both announcing Brian Johnson uh, being elevated to offensive coordinator and then Sean Desai, of course, being uh, hired as the new defensive coordinator. So that's a lot of what these press yes. conferences revolved around was these new hires. So my first takeaway, of course, is on Sean Desai. Uh, the, the the big takeaway from Nick was about his football IQ and his detail and his sharpness. Pete Carroll talked about him yesterday in his press conference, and he talked about how detail-oriented he is as well. Uh, judging by the reaction across the league, it seems like a good hire. I like that he has some Philly ties. Being a Temple guy, he was a graduate since assistant back in, I think it was 07, I believe, Fran. Yep, uh, two, yep. You know him very, very well. Yeah, I was going to say, I've got, I've got an extensive background with uh, with Coach Desai, so uh, we'll be addressing that uh, here upcoming on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Ooh, I'm excited was, that a, was that a little tease, little Fran? Tease, yeah, okay. we, we haven't okay. done anything yet, but uh, soon to come, hopefully, uh, over on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast we'll dive into schematic stuff with both coach Desai and with coach Johnson uh, who obviously has been here and I know Nick uh, spoke with the impact he had on this offense these last two years yeah before I get to him the other thing that I thought was interesting when talking about Desai is Nick kind of said look we're gonna go into the season a little similarly as we did two years ago in terms of opposing teams have some unknowns now from the Philadelphia Eagles. Sure, you're going to know the pieces that are on the field and how they play, but it's going to be a bit of a a new scheme. Things are going to look different from a defensive perspective, which then leads me to my third, uh, my second takeaway, I'm sorry, which was the promotion of Brian Johnson. Now, Nick Sirianni says it's his job to retain good coaches, and he did that in, in, in retaining Brian Johnson, but he said this time around, 
You think it's going to look really different, but it's not. Things are going to look pretty similar offensively because Brian Johnson, of course, has been in the building. He's worked with Shane Steichen. Nick spends every day with Brian Johnson. So that will be a smoother transition on the offensive side of the football. And so I thought that was a huge takeaway from yesterday as well. And then my third takeaway coming from Howie Roseman, uh, where he says, look, at the end of the day, our job during the season is to prepare for the offseason. There's so many questions about all of these free agents. The Eagles have a slew of them this year. And And um, there's a lot of question marks. People had a lot of questions yesterday about what he's going to do about that. And he said, I've been thinking about this for longer than you think. I didn't just wake up yesterday and start wondering what I'm going to do with all of these free agents. When it comes down to it, Fran, they're not all going to be in Philadelphia next year. Howie Roseman knows that. Uh, That's just being realistic. But he's confident in the draft picks that they have, not just this year, but next year as well, that they can keep building. Yeah, and that's the thing is that, you know, when you factor in the fact that uh, a lot of the rookies on the team this past season, the guys that we saw on Lucas Oil Stadium uh, last year (laughs) at this time, you know, Jordan Davis, Cam Juergens, N'Kobe Dean, you start going down that list. A lot of those guys did not play significant roles Mm -hmm. here as rookies, but you're going to need those guys to come in and play some quality snaps or compete for quality snaps here this summer going into the fall. And so uh, certainly will be a lot on the table for Jordan Davis, for N'Kobe Dean. You go to, again, going down the list, a lot of those guys, there's going to be snaps available for all of them. It's about going out and taking advantage of that opportunity. So I would expect we'll see a lot and hear a lot about those guys uh, here in the coming months. Um, so, yeah, those, those are, those, those those are my takeaways. Two from big Nick, ones. one from Howie. Yeah, no, I love it. All right, so um, we also spoke with uh, a lot of the front seven players yes. here uh, in Indianapolis today. So basically the way it works is that the day before the players take the field for drills and for athletic testing, uh, they meet the media the morning beforehand. So um, tomorrow on Thursday you've got the front seven taking stage uh, over on the turf. Well, that means we spoke to them this morning. Starting at 8 a.m., we heard some defensive linemen. We heard some linebackers, defensive tackles. Who did you? Uh, who caught your eye? Who, who was someone that you were really impressed with after walking away from the podium? I want to bang on a table for Nolan Smith because he You're speaking my language. was everything. He was captivating. Um, his press conference was crowded, which is to be expected. Yep. I mean, he's a Georgia guy, and prior to the injury he suffered this year, He was going to be talked about no matter what. But the way he spoke, friend, his humility, his passion, he was a guy that clearly just loves the game of football. Um, He reminded me a lot of Jordan Davis at the podium in terms of his professionalism while also sticking true to who he is and and, and really allowing allowing his personality to come out when he spoke. So he was both entertaining and you could relate to him, but then he also was serious and got down to business when asked about more hard-hitting football questions. I loved his personality. I loved his honesty, his authenticity. Any team that drafts Nolan Smith, they're going to get really lucky from obviously what he can do on a football field, but what he can bring in terms of the culture and leadership and 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 just his genuine spirit and love for the game. So I want to try and be cognizant of the fact that I'm, I need to be better at this on this podcast, that uh, there are a lot of people, a lot of fans that are listening now for the first time. They're just tuning in. Hey, uh, let me get a, get a better sense of these draft prospects. So Nolan Smith is a pass rusher from Georgia. When he was coming out of high school, he was like five-star, number one, maybe the number two player in the country. He was regarded as the best recruit in college football. Stayed local. He's from Savannah, Georgia and stayed local to the, to the the Bulldogs um, arrived there and it was kind of like under fire the first couple of years. He was seen as like a disappointment by Georgia fans. Uh, Only one start in his first two years was not super impactful, but he was always doing the right things. And I was really impressed. I forget. I'm not sure if you were on this part of the press conference. It was towards the beginning of it um, where he was asked about like, hey, like you've gone through a lot over the course of your career. And he said, yeah, like I had some growing up to do. 
And, you know, I didn't know all of my plays when I first got there. And coach can't play me if that's going. And they said, like, well, look, you know, with all these guys transferring, um, could you have done that? Could, why did you stick it out? And he said, you know, that's just not the way that I'm wired. Uh, you know, if coaches don't see that I'm ready to play, like, that's on me. That's not on them. And so um, the, that stick to itiveness, you know, that, 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 like, fiber that he's built of, um, I was really impressed with him as well. Uh, I also happen to love his tape. Uh, and so <laughs> I think when you look at Nolan Smith, he's undersized. I mean, he's, we'll see what he comes in at tomorrow. But he's listed under six foot three. Um, he's going to be in like the 240, 245 pound range would be my guess. He's going to be undersized. Um, but I love watching this kid play. He's really athletic. He said he's going to do a lot of the testing here. He's not going to do the bench. He tore his pectoral muscle yes. uh, in like October, November, so midseason. Um, that was his first major injury of his college career. But uh, all of the metrics were very favorable to him. Before that, before that injury, he was having a career year uh, here this season for the Bulldogs. Um, and if you were watching Georgia late in the season, you always saw him on TV, mm -hmm. on the sideline with mm -hmm. his teammates. Very, very engaged. Nolan Smith, it's hard not to like that kid. He's a, he's a fun player. You mentioned, too, when he was asked about how things started off on the wrong foot for him at Georgia. He was asked that again kind of in another way. It was the same okay. question, phrase another way. Yeah. And he alluded to already answering the question, but respectfully said, you know what, I want to say this again. Yep. And he said, I want kids to hear this. Um, I'm happy to talk about this. And that was a moment where I realized I he also understands his platform. Right. He yep. understands that people are listening. And, and it was funny to kind of paint the picture of the way that this is set up. There's about over 60 prospects that spoke today in about yep. eight different groups. So it's kind of chaotic. It's a bit like how many reports do you have on your phone? Like uh, a, a lot, probably, yeah. a lot. I, I went through. I think I counted. I was at uh, forty-eight. Oh, too many. Too, yeah, you got a lot more than I did. <laughs> I've got a lot more to trans. <laughs> I've got a lot to transcribe in the next uh, twenty-four hours. It's not gonna be fun. But but it was interesting because you know the, the groups kind of follow. Some people get their questions and yep. then they leave, move on to the next. But his group kept growing and growing and growing because he really just captivated everyone. Everyone had to stop and listen, uh, and and it was it was very very well done. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a really fun player and someone we'll hear about. I think that. Uh, there will be more first-round buzz on Nolan Smith mm. when we leave here, and we'll okay. see how he tests on, on Thursday. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to be doing daily recaps here, and they're going to be shorter episodes. These are all going to be shorter episodes this week than what you're accustomed to on the Journey of the Draft podcast, but stay tuned. Daily episodes, daily recaps from what Ellen and I are seeing here uh, in Indianapolis. Any other uh, big player takeaways? I have one more. Brian Brzee, okay? Yeah. He spoke towards the end of the session. It went from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. He was towards the end. I was looking forward to hearing from him because – he entered college as the number one recruit in the country. This is very similar to, to Nolan Smith, by the way. Yes, this is very a lot of hype around him, and he burst onto the scene his freshman year, yep. and then things kind of fell off for him a little bit. He was uh, bit by the injury bug yes. uh, throughout his career as well. So I was excited to hear from him, and also if anybody follows college football week yeah. in and week out, if you watch College Game Day, he had an incredible story that aired one week yeah. um, about the loss of his sister who was fighting cancer, and so I really just kind of wanted to see him in person, how he presented himself, and he lived up to the hype in terms of who he is as a person. He was so humble. He said he feels really, really healthy, which I think a lot of people wanted to hear because uh, there are questions around around his health. Yep. Um, and he, he said, you know, I just pride myself on playing through the whistle. He said he, he he's versatile. He's played a variety of different positions and in different schemes. And, you know, someone threw him a question said, where are you most comfortable playing? And he took a second, and I thought, how's he going to answer this question? 
and he said, I'm comfortable anywhere, Everywhere. which yeah. is what people want to <laughs> yeah, hear, right, which yeah. is important that he answered it that yeah. way. He's very poised, very mature. And uh, he threw in a little, he said he grew up watching Ryan Kerrigan, which I thought was interesting. Oh, interesting. Uh, he was with the Eagles a few years ago, but I also yep. felt old in that situation because he said he grew up watching Ryan Kerrigan. Be ready for that a lot. Uh, <laughs> that is going to happen. I'm seeing uh, a lot of guys where I'm like, oh, this guy was born in 1999. He's one of the older players in this draft oh class. And I'm gosh. like, oh, God. Um, so Brian Brezzi, uh, as you mentioned, he came into, into college as the, the number one player in the entire country uh, out of Damascus High School in Maryland. Um, 21 starts in his career, only started four games in 2021 due to an injury. Basically what happened, if my memory serves, and you know, don't like take me like 100% on this, but hurt, hurt his shoulder, mm-hmm. re-entered the game. It yes. was like, oh, I'm going I'm to keep fighting through this. And I think the, had the shoulder injury for about a week. It was like, I'm going to gut through this. Then tore his ACL. Yes. So when he tore his ACL, they said, okay, let's check on that shoulder. He ended up getting surgery on the shoulder. So he had to go, he basically had two different rehabs he had to go through coming into his redshirt sophomore season, which was this year. Um, it was mostly healthy this year. I know he was like dinged up a little bit mm-hmm. and then obviously was dealing with everything that he was dealing with uh, off the field as well with losing his sister. Um, you know, this was a, a really decorated player coming out of high school and watching him on tape last year, which was that injury shortened year. I really liked him. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, uh, he mm-hmm. plays with his hair on fire. He's different than Nolan Smith. Obviously, a bunch of different body type at six foot five, 310 pounds. But he's got inside-outside versatility. I thought he was light on his feet. He's strong against the run. He still has some things to clean up from a sure. technique standpoint. But uh, Brian Brezzi, uh, I, I liked him. I, I, I anticipated he was pretty good off the field. But uh, it was good to hear that he, he impressed you in the press conference. Yeah, he, he did such a great job. I also liked someone asked him um, which NFL quarterback he's looking forward to sacking the most. And he said, whatever one I'm playing that week. Right. And I said, this kid knows how to answer questions. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the thing is that, like, you know, um, I was actually asked on a different podcast on Tuesday, you know, do scouts take anything from media interviews? And uh, the teams, you know, teams overall don't sit back and watch every press conference. Sure. They're not sitting there, hey, it's Tuesday, March 18th. Let's watch all the D-line pressers <laughs> from, uh, from Indianapolis, right? But um, individual scouts, individual decision makers, some coaches, for some players, if you've got some questions, you might say, okay, you know what? Let's go back and just watch uh, some of the media interviews. Let's watch his press conference at the Combine and, and just get a sense of, A, like do they answer questions a little bit differently for the media than they do with us because that absolutely 1,000% happens. Um, and then number two, just like how do they handle themselves? And you get a sense, us on the outside, get a sense of like, how do they just handle questions? Like, are they comfortable just like communicate? Are they good communicators? Mm-hmm. Like, and that that stuff does matter to a certain extent. Sure. Um, you, a guy's not going to be a, a pro bowler based solely off a press conference, but uh, this kind of stuff does matter. Right? So it's always good to be able to get in front of these guys uh, and talk to them for the first time. Yeah, and I talked to a few others that all have um, some of their quotes in today's column. I'm Thank writing. I was just an, getting ready to tease this. Getting, I'm writing an Ella on the scene every day while we're here. So I touched base with some younger brothers, uh, Tuli Tui Polo Tu, the younger yep. brother of Marlon. He he spoke today, and then. And uh, the younger brother of a former Eagle, Nate Herbig, I spoke with Nick Herbig today, and he had some great stuff about um, just his support of his older brother, how much he learned watching him go through the draft process. And uh, even spoke with Robert Beal. Uh, he's, yes. a, he's a Georgia, Georgia Bulldog. Pass rusher, and yep. I, I asked him about what it was like playing with Jordan Davis, and he laughed when I first yeah. asked that question. <laughs> he said, we all know he's goofy. He had great things to say about Jordan Davis, but it's so funny the way people light up when you ask them about Jordan Davis. Yeah, um, we'd be remiss if we did not talk about Speaking of Georgia, uh, so the potential number one pick in this draft, uh, Jalen Carter. 
uh, left Indianapolis this morning. Um, you know, and you can go find the details online. Uh, basically, he put it out. I actually want to go pull the tweet up that he, he posted, um, which you sent over to me. This is great podcasting. Um, <laughs> so real quick, so Jalen Carter put out a statement uh, saying, this morning I received a telephone call from the Athens, Georgia Police Department informing me that two misdemeanor warrants have been issued against me for a reckless driving and racing. Numerous media reports also have circulated this morning containing inaccurate information concerning the traffic tragic events of January 15th, 2023. It is my intention to return to Athens to answer the misdemeanor charges against me and to make certain that the complete and accurate truth is presented. There is no question in my mind that when all of the facts are known that I will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing. So um, back on January 15th, uh, there was uh, an accident late at night. Uh, a Georgia Bulldog, a player, uh, lost his life. A staffer lost his life. Um, and, and there was obviously some things that need to be answered from Jalen Carter's standpoint. So uh, it is notable only if, from this standpoint in that a, he's potential number one pick. He's mocked to the Chicago Bears at number one in basically every mock draft, uh, and if not there, somewhere in the top three or four picks. Right. So, um, you know, Jalen Carter not participating in the rest of the events here at the Combine, and we'll see uh, how much, if this does uh, impact his stock. Obviously, thoughts, uh, with, you know, there's a, a lot to, to unpack with the entire situation uh, with, with the loss of life there, but um, just keeping it from an NFL draft standpoint, certainly a, a big discussion point here today. Being here, boots on the ground was kind of wild. It was a little crazy because everything was breaking during the. He was what was it? It was like twenty five minutes before he was. So supposed to come he up. was supposed to speak at podium one. Brian Brzee was right before him, right. supposed to go at ten a.m. So I was standing there at podium one, ready for Brian. Yeah. And we're sitting there, we're sitting there, nothing's happening. Now there's no player at any any podium yep. at this point, if you look around. Right, it was, yeah, it was kind of things yeah. quieted down. It got a little eerie, honestly. Which is not how it goes. Usually it's like very yes, repetitive. Like yes. oh, They shift people out in and then coming out. Exactly. Yeah. And everything was moving like a machine this morning. And uh, then people started getting the Twitter notifications. And, and everything started to blow up. And everybody's reading things. And then you can kind of hear the whispers. And time's still going on, and the group scheduled to go before Jalen Carter still was not at the podium. Yeah. So now I think it was, I would say, between 10-15, 10-20, when they were supposed to start at 10, they come to the podium. When Brian is done, he gets down, and no new nameplate yeah. hits the uh, hits the podium. So what happens is when a player comes off the podium, the player who's scheduled to speak next, their nameplate goes on the podium for them, and Jalen Carter's name never was put on the podium as we kind of anticipated he wouldn't then not speak but it was a very interesting situation um even hearing some people who cover the bears around me were kind of like this could change everything as, yeah. you, as you mentioned as he's you know mocked to go to chicago so it's going to be interesting to follow over the next few months but being here as it kind of unfolded was was crazy yeah it's um certainly the the newsiest item from an nfl draft standpoint sure. uh here today we would be remiss if we did not talk mm -hmm. about that um speaking of the uh, the ella on the scene article you can go check out also i've got uh position by position previews for all of the events happening here this week and so uh, on thursday the defensive line and linebackers taking the field over across the street at lucas oil uh and so you can go on and check out what i think about the edge rushers the defensive line the defensive tackles and the linebackers all three groups up now on philadelphiaeagles.com i've tweeted the articles out uh who i expect to test well who i expect which drills uh, i'm most focused on from a position standpoint who i expect to look good there uh so if you want to get ready if you want to get primed if you even if you want to get a sense of like oh what does a good three cone time look like uh i've got that in there as well for each of those positions so you can go check all of that out on philadelphia eagles.com and you're gonna have the daily uh Ella on the scene articles as well we've got daily podcasts we've got a lot coming here uh coming. and it's just uh day one of what's going to be what now five podcasts from here in indy <laughs> even in my column you can find out what fran and i ate for lunch 
I feel you in on that. You know, that. I, had a, I had a good burger yesterday. We did. It was a good burger. We've got a good steak coming tonight. <laughs> yes. You've got your first shrimp cocktail tonight. I, I will try to remember to ask you that tomorrow after okay. we watch all the drills for eight hours uh, across <laughs> the street. Uh, so we've got we've got a lot coming here uh, on the Journey of the Draft podcast. Um, that said, we've got one more segment to wrap up this show. We've got uh, a draft mailbag. We've got a handful of questions for you at home. Let's get to our final segment of the night. Now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in the draft mailbag. All right, so I've got a handful of questions to get to from our Apple Podcast page. And again, the best way to reach us, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a question, and we, or if you've got a comment, a mock draft, we've got a couple of, a little bit of everything here uh, for us to catch up on. Leave, us, leave it there, and we'll get to it here in an upcoming episode. Uh, first one comes from uh, Yoho Checo, who just said, five-star review, great podcast. <laughs> I've got a question about the Senior Bowl practices uh, that happened last week, uh, or uh, last month. Cody Mock, uh, the offensive lineman from North Dakota State, was one of my favorites coming in, and I keep hearing good reviews about his ability to move inside and move well, but I've seen tons of videos of him getting rocked backwards by stronger defensive tackles. To me, he fell a notch by proving he does not have the anchor strength to play inside right away. Why am I seeing it differently? So, uh, Yoho, obviously, I was uh, not, we were, Elle and I were, neither of us, we were supposed to be in Mobile, but with the Eagles going to the Super Bowl, uh, we did not go to the Senior Bowl. I have gone through a little bit of the tape, so I have gone back and seen uh, what we've seen from Cody Mock. Um, from all intents and purposes, he had a, a pretty strong day. I know early on, and that's typically what you see with a lot of small school players, Ella, is that uh, when you go down to those all-star game events, especially to the Senior Bowl, uh, a player from a smaller school, you're not used to, you know, there's a difference uh, with between, like, the Missouri Valley, Missouri Valley Football Conference for mm-hmm. Cody Mock mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, oh, I'm going up against an Auburn defensive tackle sure. and then a guy from, you know, from USC and then uh, from Penn State. So uh, that day one transition can be a little bit rocky, and then you wait to see how do they bounce back. And from what I understand, it was a little bit rough for Mock early, and then he kind of bounced back and got better uh, throughout the course of the week. So uh, Cody Mock. By all intents and purposes, it seems like he's going to be a day-two offensive lineman. Uh, he's a, a left tackle throughout the majority of his career. He played some right tackle as well early, but a lot of people feel his best reps will come at guard and center. So uh, a very fun personality. I don't know if you've seen his yes. headshot. Yes. Uh, he's, so he's got long, flowing red locks. It's flowing. And he is missing, like, three three teeth? Yeah, two or, two or three. He's got the best smile uh, yes. in the NFL draft. So yes. uh, good question there from Yoho Checo. Uh, so Ricky also checks in. Um, just saying how much they, they love the podcast. Uh, you know, I've been listening since 2021. The best, the best podcast there is. Uh, is there any way? What's the best way I can watch and analyze or scout these players myself? So, uh, Ricky, what I would say is that just watch as much as you can and try and uh, you know get with other get with people that have played, people that have coached, and just try and pick their brains. And uh, you'll uh, pick up as much info along the way. But the more you watch, uh, the better you'll get at this entire process. We've got a mock draft here, Ella. Ooh. So I want to figure into this one here. Uh, write him, left a five-star review, uh, as I'm joined by Dane Brugler over the shoulder. <laughs> Dane, don't think you're getting out of this. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're coming on the podcast this week. So, as now he's walking away furiously. Um, all right, so uh, we've got a mock draft here. Write him, checks in. Um, love the love all the different voices like Ben Fennell, Emery Hunt, the return of Greg Cosell, and Dane Brugler as he walks away. Uh, Look at that. That's his cue. <laughs> encore, encore. Uh, always love hearing your thoughts on the prospects and the intrigue of what roles they could play in the NFL. Here's a mock draft. What do you think? Well, at 10, Ella, 
Brian Brezzi uh, ah. from Clemson. There he is. So uh, coming full circle, Brian Brezzi to the Eagles at number 10. At number 36, so I guess there's a trade down here, Jameer okay. Gibbs, the running back mm. from Alabama at 36. Mm. Auburn defensive end, Derek Hall, were you in on his today? I was uh, he's not. Pass no. rusher, senior pass rusher from uh, from Auburn. Probably more, he's built like a Brandon Graham. He's a little bit mm -hmm. shorter, mm -hmm. but uh, he's got some long arms. Really good run defender, really violent at the point of attack, and he's coming along uh, as a pass rusher. At number 98, Maryland corner Deontay Banks. He's mm. an underclassman uh, who declared for the draft. Supersized corner. He's got outstanding size, and that's uh, one of the big things he hangs his hat on. Jackson Kirkland, the offensive lineman from Washington. Had a healthy year this year. Injury plagued the last couple of years. He actually got went back for a sixth year this year uh, at Washington because and it was actually he got invited to last year's combine. And I believe was actually here, if I remember right. Uh, he, he went he went to the Shrine Bowl last year and was a, got a late acceptance, a late waiver to go back to Washington. And so uh, Jackson Kirkland, uh, the option there. He's played some tackle and some guard, some left and right side. So versatility we know very important along the offensive line uh, here in Philadelphia. Ella. Yes. Uh, Jaden Reed, the wide receiver from Michigan State. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a guy who I don't. Know, based off your research, uh, uh, this is a guy's offense and special teams had a great Senior Bowl week yes. as well. It, it obviously it was great. The Eagles going to the Super Bowl. It does. Uh, you know, there, there's a little bit missing, uh, not going down to Mobile uh, and being able to take all this stuff in um, from some of these guys from the Senior Bowl. Uh, Dante Demas, another guy from the, that's coming off an injury, um, extremely productive in his career. Uh, I believe it was a broken fibula, broke his leg uh, in his senior season of 2021. Went back last year, and I know was still kind of fighting through that. So we'll see what he does here this year this week um, you know how much he tests but uh, Dante Demas a big bodied pass catcher uh, we'll see what he looks like from a health standpoint uh, that was a big question with him and then Josh Wiley the tight end mm -hmm. from Cincinnati a uh, really athletic player down yeah. the seam so uh, a lot of different positions hit there Ella. it seems like checking a lot of boxes yeah I, I like that a lot um, I think what's cool about mock drafts too is is we don't know what this team is going to look like in a few months as well. So I think it's cool to project, uh, you know, who the Eagles could draft as is, as the team is yes, right this correct. minute. Yep. Um, because obviously it's an ever-evolving uh, ever evolving process. But I love taking a running back. Uh, I love adding depth to the wide receiver room. And, of course, we know how we – puts all his Line money in the trenches. And so it's not surprising to add depth at both offensive line and defensive line. He did a uh, he did an interview, I, think, I believe it was with CBS Sports yesterday, um, Howie Roseman, and he just said, like, yeah, like, you guys, he was asked about just, like, team building and, yes. like, the template between 2017 and 2022 and some of the similarities and differences. And he's like, there's no secret. Like, we love taking linemen. We're, mm -hmm. we're, that is always going to be. They never shy you know, away from admitting that. Yeah, it's, like, that's, that's yeah. always going to be a staple uh, of the program. Um, last question here, RJ Field, 11, left a five five-star review saying, Fran, a common mock for most people so far has been at corner between Devin Weatherspoon, the corner mm. from Illinois, and Christian Gonzalez, the corner from Oregon. Can you explain what aspects from a coverage standpoint would justify Witherspoon as a top 10 pick, as a lot of his highlights seem to be from tackles and hits? And for Gonzalez, the movement and ball skills are obvious, but what weaknesses do you see from him that mm. he could improve upon? Also, why do you think both of these guys were so under-recruited by major programs? So wow. uh, that's a loaded question he knows there, RJ. Stuff. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> that's good. Um, all right, so here's what I would say. Uh, if you're looking at Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon, both guys are really, really talented, and both guys uh, definitely check a lot of boxes that what you're looking for to play corner in today's NFL. They just check different boxes. So I think when you look at Christian Gonzalez, 
He's 6'2", 201. He's got outstanding size. He's going to test like a freak show, Ella. In mm-hmm. my DB preview, in my cornerback preview, uh, he was a guy listed as a workout warrior. He is going to impress from an athletic portion, uh, standing in the workout. Have you, are you familiar with like his background and stuff yet? Yeah, and, and I think it's interesting. I've been reading more recently that some have him picked as the best non-quarterback in this draft Whoa, class. Whoa, wow. Interesting. I, I've read that a, a little bit in the past few weeks, which – Will Anderson, I feel like, is that guy right, for a yeah, lot of people. Sure. And so to see that, I, I think some eyes are being opened who Christian Gonzalez is. So when you mention his workout, it's going to be interesting to see what he does this well, week. Because the thing is, I don't think that that's nuts. Like, he's got, like, at 6'2", 201, like, that's great right. size for a corner. He's got speed. He's got quickness. He's uh, got he's got the ability to play press man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's, like, if you're talking about, like, a guy that has outstanding traits and can play press man, like, he's, the, an athlete. he's worth his weight in yeah. gold. <laughs> yeah. um, so his, both of his sisters, two older sisters, were all Americans sprinters. Um, yep. His one sister, Melissa, ran for Columbia in the Olympics. Uh, his dad is six foot nine. He played basketball at UTEP and played semi-bro basketball. Um, his mom was also like a big time f- figure skater, right? What, I think it was. Was it? I, I know that she was also an athlete. Yeah. I don't remember it was if it was some, figure skating. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. All I know is I realized I lost in the gene pool department oh, when well, I read something yeah. like this. He, he, he clearly hit the lottery uh, from that <laughs> standpoint. Um, now, I would say like the big knock on Christian Gonzalez was coming into this year, he did not have an interception. He transferred to Oregon from Colorado. So he was spent his first two couple years uh, with the Buffaloes, did not have a pick there. Now that defense was not great. That team was not great. Uh, teams were running the ball a lot uh, on the on the Buffaloes. So uh, then you come to uh, here this year and he goes to Oregon and he has four picks and he looks outstanding. And um, I will say like the, the film that I watched that made me fall in love with him, was the Colorado film. Like, mm-hmm. I really liked mm-hmm. what I saw okay. at Colorado, not even just at Oregon. So uh, it's not just, oh, yeah, this is what he looked like in a new scheme. I think he's got a lot of traits uh, to be able to work with. Now you look at Devin Witherspoon, he's a little bit different. He's sub six foot. He's listed at uh, 183, you know, 185. Like, he's, he's a much different kind of build. He is a smaller, more slender corner. Um, was really productive uh, here this year. He had three picks, 14 PBUs. Um, he, as uh, as RJ mentioned, uh, he is very aggressive. He is a violent hitter. He's a solid tackler. He's got outstanding zone awareness. He matches routes really, really well. So if you are someone who really prefers the uh, the tough, instinctive corner, mm-hmm. well, you might go a little bit more towards Witherspoon. If you want the the traits and the guy that's got that has the ability to play press man, you might more go more towards Gonzalez. It just depends on what you like, and but I'm not going to argue with it either way. Well, and I think that's the interesting part about the draft process, especially when it comes to the cornerback position. Sometimes it's just about team and scheme, yep. right? I mean, Christian Gonzalez, maybe some people have him as the best uh, non-quarterback athlete in this draft class, but perhaps there may be a team or a scheme where it just doesn't fit Christian Gonzalez, and that's okay. And that's, that's where maybe Devin Witherspoon finds success in, in you know within an organization. So I think this is just an interesting position to analyze as, as time goes on because I think there's a lot of players you can't go wrong with, but there's perhaps some that just thrive more in other situations. I love it. And it's, uh, it's certainly one of the more interesting topics to discuss, especially at that position at corner. Um, you know, there's there's so many factors at play when you talk to guys uh, in terms of uh, the kind of success they have at the next level. Well, Ella, uh, this was great. Our first dive into our, uh, the Journey of the Draft podcast here from Indianapolis. We've got four more of these uh, <laughs> here in the coming days, so make sure you stay subscribed, stay tuned to the right here on the Journey of the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand.